your babies grow up to be cowboys Don't let them pick guitars or drive them old trucks Let them be doctors and lawyers and such. Friends, welcome to episode 56 of The Gentleman's Breakfast. Normally we like to record in person, wait until we're together, but as we all know, our nation and in fact the world um, are in the throes of one of the greatest crises that we've ever seen. That of course being a two-pronged attack between <laughs> the coronavirus and Seamus's desire to grow his hair out so that it quote, falls back despite the fact <laughs> that he has some of the curliest locks that I've ever seen. Wavy. It's uh, wavy, not curly. Wavy. Yeah. So, Seamus, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Uh, things have been great, Jake. I can't tell you. I don't think my life's ever been better. I'm doing really well. How about yourself? Well, it sounds like you're doing well because you were talking about how you have this problem that uh, the, quote, red liquid that you're consuming right now, uh, you can only drink fancy wines now. And I thought that you were always the guy that was drinking whatever international wine you could find at the market. Yeah, I, I like to you know be a connoisseur of random countries where it's not quite hip yet to drink that type of wine. So I'm looking for the countries not everybody knows about. It's not on the gram yet. That's what I pride the, myself on. But what does the price point have to be for us to be considering it quote expensive these days, Seamus? Well, I mean, I'm I'm not really drinking anything below eighteen dollars, really. Yeah. Um that's fair, but I mean, for a whole bottle, that that still seems reasonably priced now. Oh, very. Like, once you get up to the forty dollar mark, we're really pinching pennies. But after at twenty bucks, come I mean, on. my extensive wine drinking, I've determined that you can still find that good bottle between eighteen and twenty two. That's not overhyped. If it's priced at forty or sixty, it just means that it's well known. And then you start really getting into the like hundred eighty dollar bottles, where that's pretty exceptional wine oh that's special occasion wine i mean and not i'm i'm not touching anything over over 40 on a regular basis but uh i don't know uh what's the status of the hair growth has anybody talked you out of that yet yeah the um the roommate slash fiance um slash bedmate is really pushing towards not having the hair um, it was interesting. She said, make sure Christine takes care of that next time. And I said, look, Christine and I are going to have a conversation about my hair. And Christine, she's going to hate to hear this, has more authority over my hair than you do. She's the, she's the hair specialist. And I said, hey, Christine, I want to go long. I want to try to, you know, I've got this beautiful flowing hair. I want to try to have it fall back. But the roommate is really pushing for me to chop it all off and go short. I don't understand why you keep saying fall back. You want to slick your fucking hair back. It's what you want to do. Sure, yeah. I mean, ideally without product, but yeah, I want to have it to be long enough so it falls back on the back of my head. But you understand that you have curly hair, right? Wavy, wavy, wavy hair for the record, please. Not curly. Okay, Okay. so with wavy hair, it's not going to go straight back. Time will tell. Look, I can make this mistake. I got six months to make this mistake. Here's here's what I'm okay with. If you grew it out long enough that you had a man bun for the wedding, uh, I'd get a kick out of that. I mean, it's long enough to put in a bun, but yeah, by then uh, I'll have another three inches. Should be interesting. We'll, we'll keep. Well, well, it won't be as interesting as the the next six months of the DNC. But I don't know if you want to get into that right away. I love how you always refer to it as the. The DNC, I mean, we could just call it the Democratic primary, which is really 
yeah what you're the establishment what, versus what bernie the establishment I, I, versus I don't know bernie if you, if you think that the dnc makes it sound like you know more about it or not but yeah the democratic primary but yeah i, I don't know i really don't know why i call it the dnc but um what's your take here i mean here we sit on march 7th 2020 uh we got the burn dog trying to go again with everybody trying to now and then joe biden i endorsed this message i forgot what i just said standing up there like a puppet who can't complete a sentence that's what the that's what the future of the democrats are to to beat the round mound of pound el jefe donny t I'd, I'd say a few things. One, things have dramatically changed. Um, Biden came into as the favorite. Then uh, a lot of other players came into the fold. It looked like he was slipping. Our show, uh, as many of the listeners know, supported Mayor Pete. Mm-hmm. There was an official endorsement yep. uh, on one of the episodes. He's dropped out of the race, uh, endorsed uh, Joey B. So I got in line. I got in what I was referring to as, quote, the line to get coronavirus, where I was standing around a couple hundred other people for an hour and a half uh, in order to lob my ticket in for an old white male, which felt not that forward thinking. But what you know, time of day, I mean, what time of day did you wait in line? I was flying back from SF and I knew it was going to get bad later on. But I I left early in the morning, but I didn't get to the polling place until like 2 p.m., which is basically the earliest that I could get there. I thought I would have beat the rush. I was wrong. Thought wrong. Well, that's good that you, you ran into that problem. Uh, you know what someone else brought up a good point? Is why don't we allow on polling days two-hour breaks from work? Oh, uh, a national primary day and a national voting holiday Uh are two things that people have been talking about forever, which we should absolutely have, where all, all the primaries should be on one day. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that people talk about Iowa and New Hampshire for more than two seconds a year is fucking nuts. It, it, I mean, it's more important. Those should be more important than President's Day, Memorial right. Day, Veterans Day. No, it's a, it's a very good point. We could easily give up. I mean, I'd give up President's Day first. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people don't recognize it. It's kind of a fake holiday. Uh, nobody even really yep. knows what it's about anymore. I think it's somebody's birthday or something. I, I fucking forget. Bad no, time. they just combine um, two birthdays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, so Joey B is polling at like 35%, six points ahead of uh, Bernie um, in the national uh, national polls. And he now has an 80 to 90% chance to win the race. Bernie has like a 2% chance. Well, okay, so uh, why, how do they already determine? I thought they were going to drag this out for... Because next Tuesday, right, a bunch of states vote. Like, How do they already determine that Biden's that far ahead? Is it really that much of a lead? It's based on polling averages in each of the remaining states um, and just how the math works on how many delegates uh, each is likely to get. Um, but, so actually, before Super Tuesday, what was interesting was there was something like a 60% chance that nobody won a majority of the delegates. Mm-hmm. But then with all these people dropping out, which this is actually one of the best examples that we've seen of a party actually getting um, in line, getting aligned and getting all these, you know, egotistic people to think about the greater good here and uh, actually try to coalesce around a, a, a fucking candidate. We'll see mm-hmm. if that strategy works out or not. 
Um, but all this bullshit around somebody that only has 30% of the vote determining the fate of the nation is dumb. Uh, which that's what happened with Trump. That's what we were spiraling toward with the primary prior to Super Tuesday and prior to everybody dropping out. Um, Tulsi Gabbard still clinging on to hope with a damn near 0% chance but of winning. Here's what I don't understand. Explain this to me, Jake. Is They're saying Biden's going to win, but can't this mm-hmm. continue on for multiple months because he needs a certain yeah. number of delegates? Because he still needs like 1,400 delegates. Uh, you have to hit like 1900 something to get a majority. Yeah. And I think he's projected to get 2200. So that's a pretty good margin, but obviously not insane. But it technically could drag on until May, I think. Okay. Um, and, and that's when we're going to get El Jefe and either the Burn Dog or Joey B starting debate. When do those start to happen? At some point, uh, oh, those two are gonna they're gonna debate in the next debate if, if that's what you're asking. But in, no, so in terms of like what what would cause people to run out of steam, at some point they either have to run out of money or get pressure from donors. Although Bernie's mostly individuals, so there's not like a large person to give pressure put pressure on them, put pressure on them to stop stop spending money basically, or they're not going to be able to raise more money um, and then contribute that money to the broader democratic effort right but it's not like everybody gets a refund but they'd rather not see their money get thrown away on a candidate that's not going to win what i don't really understand is like they have these pollings and these projections of these which they're doing is with probably people that are proactive in these states it's just it's just very confusing to me or i I just tend to cast doubt that biden is definitely going to win especially since that he has another opportunity in my mind to fuck up next sunday because he's got a debate again because he is terrible at debates. He's just not good at... He, that is not a good skill for him. He short circuits. Uh, and I think the Bernie camp is just... The resistance to the establishment of the, the Democratic Party, I think, has grown amongst the Bernie people. You don't, you don't feel that? He's gotten a little bit better in the debates, but I do agree that's not his strong suit at all. He doesn't sound great up there. Um, I think the last debate that we saw... You know, one of the things that was funny in Bloomberg's first debate is that I think he thought he was just going to waltz up there and be fine, which how the fuck he thought that I don't know. And everybody else had been through, you know, a dozen debates. Like, these guys are much better at debating now than they were when we first saw them. Um, And Bloomberg just got fucking steamrolled, and Biden looked great, even in comparison uh, to him. Bloomberg's second debate, he was a little bit better. Biden was a little bit better, too. Um, But... uh, that's definitely not his best format. Uh, something else that drives me nuts that he does is every time that he says, I wrote the bill that did that, like Biden has never like physically written a fucking bill in his life. <laughs> Maybe his staff did or he did it in a partnership with other people, but like he's not sitting there as the vice president like in his office pulling up Microsoft Word and just like, typing away thinking about how wide the margins need to be and whatever and i gotta go you know 1.5 spacing here to make sure that i hit the page limit for my professor none of that's happening (laughs) yeah so when he takes credit for stuff like that he just he sounds like um such an entitled old white man that it drives me fucking nuts he is an entitled old white man i told you a story about yeah um, my friend and how he goes swimming in the pool and they had a secret call sign for when he goes in the pool naked 
I tell you that story? Why would you need that? No, so like when the the detail that would watch him when he lived at the Washington uh you know, observatory in in DC when he was vice president, he would go swimming in the pool. And he'd also go swimming in his house down in Delaware. They had a specific call sign when he would go in the pool when he was naked. Yeah. So, so they'd be like Cobra's out. Cobra's out, meaning he's <laughs> naked. He coincidentally would go swimming naked when there was females in the Secret Service detail. I mean, I mean that. So I'm like, I, I, I fact checked the story. I mean, fact check. I, you know, googled it online, and there's three or four publications about it. So like, there's obviously some truth to this happening. And I mean, it's just, it's just so comical. Like, I understand this is the best chance to beat Trump. Obviously, we're we're really good at predicting who the next president was, as we did four years ago. Do you think Biden can beat El Jefe? Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> it's funny to hear about the Cobra. I'm a big <laughs> fan of that. I, I'm surprised that I hadn't heard that before. I'm surprised that more hasn't come out about him uh, at some point in time. And I, I doubt that it will at this point because he's been, you know, in the public eye for decades and he's been in the race for a year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, any white in in my opinion almost any male over the age of i'm gonna say 18 is gonna have some moments where they've made a woman feel uncomfortable right uh that could come up we're starting to get better about that um but everybody you know makes mistakes hopefully less and less and get better every day uh but i think bloomberg being in the race actually took a lot of heat off of him because warren was able to attack bloomberg and be you know like how how many non-disclosure agreements do you have with women that you've said offensive things to and the fact that bloomberg attempted to say listen they signed the agreements that was mutual it's not like their job was being threatened or they're saying hey we're going to pay you x amount of money if you settle and sign this nda he's like they wanted it too they wanted to keep this private too what horseshit i mean the Uh, best the best part about the last debate with with mini mike is obviously he dropped 700 million which is not even less than two percent of his overall net worth is he goes amongst the contestants? He called them contestants. I mean, I, I yeah, I, I, yeah. I, you got to appreciate that. And Mini Mike is now pledged to help whichever Democratic candidate unseat his buddy El Jefe. I mean, I, I, I so I follow Donnie Thumbs' um, Snapchat handle, right? And yep. the day of like the primary on Tuesday, Don Donnie Thumbs, you know, team sends out a photo of Bloomberg eating a donut and then licking his fingers. At like you know yeah, some, yeah. something, and they're like, "That's disgusting." Mini Mike, wash your hands. Not very sanitary, you know, especially with the You're virus. You're really following the Trump Twitter closely, huh? Oh, I follow. I follow all angles. Yeah, you gotta. You gotta see both sides. I mean, Trump's Snapchat uh, is just so over the top and ridiculous. I mean, you, he's got all these black people on there, and I, at these rallies and stuff, it's really fascinating stuff. I do not want to give that idiot any more airtime than he's already gotten. <laughs> And I like I we need to stop using the term like mini Mike like this like name calling, uh, um, politicians thing that fucking Trump has done is awful. Yeah, uh, I don't like Mike Bloomberg at all. But there are better ways to call Mike Bloomberg an idiot than calling him quote mini Mike. Um, well, I mean it's a reality just, show. It's. So sickening to see seven hundred million dollars just evaporate. I was reading a story about uh, 
people who were on the campaign. Mm-hmm. And they're like, this is unlike any campaign that I've ever been on. There's just like open bar and free food at everything that we do. Um, it felt, quote, more like working at a tech company than it did uh, any kind of campaign. Not scrappy at all. Uh, all problems are solved immediately through money. Um, Wait, you spoke to somebody that was part of Bloomberg's? No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not out on the beat. You know, working anything for the show here. This was a story that was in uh, the the Wall Street Journal, I believe. But uh, it's probably time to move on uh, from uh, from politics, unless you have any uh, any closing thoughts on it. Uh, I just want to know your prediction. You know, here as we sit in March, whether you think Biden or Bernie can beat him. I would like to hear a prediction. I think that they can. I think that enough people are sick of this shit and we have we will have a clear candidate early enough and with Biden being the candidate I think that he's a middle of the road enough candidate that um people who are in the middle will not feel bad or feel like that he's not an option uh that they can vote for um and that's not exactly the most progressive point of view uh but it's definitely better than dealing with four more years of this fucking idiot running around making decisions. Um, and then what do you think about uh, the virus here, the coronavirus? Are you... I know, because we have the highest death rate currently. Um, no. No, we don't. Yeah, China we do. Does. No, death rate. Do we? Percentage? Uh, see, there's more math that I was planning on doing before the show, and I gotta apologize to the listeners here for not you know, having my act together here, but, uh, well, it's, it's fine. I'm had... the sales guy. You're the finance guy. I knew the numbers better, but go ahead. No. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you make a quick statement there and I don't feel exactly confident about the numbers and you're a little bit looser with your facts. And that's the claim that you can make. I've been down that road before, buddy. <laughs> wow. We do have a shockingly high death rate. Okay. But here's the deal. All right. So 340 cases in the U S 17 deaths. Uh, either 14 or 15 of those deaths have come from Washington State, most of them from one nursing facility in Washington State. So almost every death has come from Washington State. Yeah. There have only been 80 cases in Washington State. So that those numbers, you're, when you deal with small numbers like that, uh, it skews things big fucking time. Overall, we've had a little over 100,000 cases. Three and a half thousand deaths. It's like a three point four percent death rate globally. Uh, and I gotta tell you, I'm really disappointed that uh, you know, as a an unemployed person here, uh, that airfare has not dropped faster. Like, what are you idiots doing? Quit flying around. Clear the skies for me. It's dropped a little bit. It's They've dropped, dropped some, bit. and some of the airlines are like letting people cancel flights. Well, they have to. Like, I, I just had two conferences cancel in Las Vegas, and some of the airlines are smart of like, okay, we'll give you the money, but some of them are slow and say like change fees. I'm like, look, this is going to destroy your reputation. You better act quick. Uh, you know, like you don't want... It sounds, you, like, it sounds like you called up the CEO, or the, the CEO of Delta called you up, and it's like, Seamus, what do you think? And you're like, look, hey, bud, here's, you know, here's what a, I would do, right? A, hey. Think about the reputational cost here. It's a small price to pay. 
right? Like you were you like you're an outside advisor I'm, to the airline industry. Yeah, of course. I'm gonna. I mean, I'm a big fan of Alaska right now. But if Alaska hits me with a couple change fees because I didn't buy any insurance and then they cancel these conferences, I'm telling you, Alaska, I can be bought out, and they have no idea how many listeners listen to the Gentleman's Breakfast. Let's Do you ever stop? Like you've been a salesperson now for what would you say? Seven years. Seven years. Yeah. You ever stop and just listen to your own bullshit and think that things have changed pretty <laughs> dramatically? Like, have, do you say anything now and you just take a step back and you're like, wow, I cannot believe that that just came out of my face with the confidence that it did? Um, yeah, I, I made some comment over the weekend at a friend's wedding. You'll like this. We were talking about, you know, how dangerous hippos were and then we got to ostriches and then we were explaining how dangerous hippos are which i think are probably the most dangerous animal on the planet one of them one of yeah certainly and then my friends were like well ostriches are pretty dangerous i'm like well i could handle myself against an ostrich <laughs> and my friend sure. just went wild about that <laughs> he's like you could handle yourself against an ostrich i was like yeah i mean i think i could like take it down it's like fucking nine feet tall and probably weighs a couple hundred pounds what are you can it can run Faster than a fucking car. Like, what, what <laughs> his neck is like his that? neck is like five feet long. It's huge. You um, think that just the fact that it doesn't have arms and opposable thumbs is going to give you an edge? What is he going to go to grappling on the ground or something? No way. The guy's just going to fucking run you over. I mean, that'd be great, great comedy to see like UFC fighters try to fight ostriches. <laughs> uh, actually, yeah, I, I might, I might pay good money to see that kind of blood sport. But anyway, I, I mean, look, I'm throwing caution to the wind on this virus. Classic, you know, like, oh, I'm in, you know, invincible, can't hurt me. I'm, I'm flying to fucking New York. There are 2,700 people in quarantine in New York City right now. Uh, I'm flying to New York City next week. Um, shout out to the listeners that are out there. If you want to grab a beer at the Spring Lounge, I'll be there. Um, but... Uh, yeah, and then I'm thinking about potentially going to Europe after that, and I'm I'm really hoping to take advantage of, of some price drops here and and you see way too many idiots wearing surgical masks and such. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, it, you know, it's surprisingly not that bad in San Francisco. We did get the official "Hey, work from home for the next two weeks" email came across Thursday night, and I'll tell you what, we have about 70, 80 people in our office. Optional, you know, optional to work from home. We had about 12 yeah. or 15 people come in on Friday. Just Oh, yeah. I, I jump all over that the second that you're going to give me an out. If you tell me it's okay to work from home, you, you might as well just tell me to work from home. Unless I have something really important going on. The thing about working from home is you, you, know, you keep the laundry down. You're not really dirty in too much clothes. You can wear the same thing for like all week or not wear clothes at all. Well, I mean, some universities on the West Coast, they're canceling class for like two or three weeks. Really? So just, just yeah, just imagine that. Imagine the savagery that is happening on these campuses, where nobody even has to wake up for fucking class anymore. They're they're gonna run out of beer, like the first national crisis that they're gonna have to airlift in supplies is gonna be Natty Light has run out, uh, you know, in uh, in in Bloomington, Indiana. How much longer do you think before they actually get this under control? Like, how much longer before this is not just continue to infiltrate the media, the coronavirus? I think it's impossible to predict. Like, it, it's literally anywhere from, uh, 
it dies out in the summer to it dies out in the summer and comes back in the fall and then at some point we come up with a vaccine to this is just how we live forever now like viruses are just like this or forever because it depends on the rate that it can change at um i don't really know but i would expect it to be kind of cooked by middle of the summer but i have no fucking idea yeah um transitioning out of the the coronavirus as i was uh walking to work the other day and there's a beautiful cast of characters so i walk right through the strip clubs i walk through a good amount of homeless people uh, but I also walk by just your random cast of everyday characters where I'm sitting, standing at a crosswalk waiting to cross, and it's a green light. And you know me, I'm a very pro-jaywalker type guy. If there's any avenue for me to jaywalk, I'm going to jaywalk. A jaywalking is a fantasy crime. It's been made up by, by the man. So for whatever instance, I'm waiting to cross because there's multiple cars that are going with a green light. And I see a nice gentleman, probably in his late 50s, early 60s, gingerly strolling through as these cars are coming. And you can tell he has no concern about stopping. And he's got kind of a limp and a a waddle. And he's very gingerly going into oncoming traffic. And he's carrying a portable boombox, which is playing music. So this is about 8 a.m. carrying a portable boombox. And this... Cadillac Escalade comes right up to him, slams on the horn, right? Because they realize he's just stopping traffic because he feels like crossing. He just kind of looks at him, continues strolling across, and he goes to me, oh, what a fucking asshole. What is he, driving a Hearst? And then just continues <laughs> walking by. Hearst. Hearst, Hearst. Yes. Hearst. 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 There's no what? T. Hearst. Yeah. Right. Seamus learns English. Hurst would be like episode fifty six. Got it. I thought that was pretty entertaining. It made me smile, laugh, good, good little chuckle. Uh, I was entertained. <laughs> so other developments here in in you know the life of Seamus. So we're moving apartments, right? Moving into a two bedroom, moving up in this world. We're really thankful, excited. Wow, I didn't know it was a two bedroom. Mm-hmm. So we're moving into a two bedroom. And we've got to clean out the junk drawer. So the junk drawer has been the roommate's, I would say 95% of the junk drawer is what the roommate put in there. I never open it. So she starts cleaning out and a lot of junk in there, right? She's like, well, there's a lot of junk in the throw out. I'm like, great. She also wants to throw out, Jake, I really want your opinion on this, a gifted frame photo from my mother with an Irish blessing like inscribed on it saying like isn't this one time to go I'm like you want me to throw that away my mother gave that as a gift I mean I'm not forcing to hang it up but like what if she comes over to our apartment she's like oh where's that Irish blessing thing I got you well we didn't really like it we threw it away if anything she'd be happy to see it on the wall right anywhere I mean even in the bathroom you put it behind the the shower curtain my real question, Seamus, is what is the coffee shop and bodega economy in San Francisco going to look like when you're not swinging through there to get some horseshit, you know, goat milk latte because you're spending all the money on this two-bedroom apartment? Think about the people. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's, that's, a, that's, a good, that's a good point. You're going to uh, convert I'll... all that money into buying grease for your hair? <laughs> I think some Dapper Dan. I mean, there is a very nice convenience store across the street. Um where you know I'm actually taking the apartment of one of our loyal listeners 
and he said to me in, in a drunken state where he goes, make sure you take care of uh, Ilya across the street. He's a good guy. And I'm like, yeah, no, for sure. I'll take care of him. He's like, no, you got to take care of him. And he told me a story of how the guy that runs the convenience store allows this like 95-year-old man to come every day and give him quarters and nickels even though he moves at a snail's pace just to gives the 95 year old man something to do so he drops off these quarters and nickels each day and you know sure. pays, pays him five dollars so it's just a, another little charming aspect about san francisco that you don't read, read in the newspaper but uh it is a beautiful city and we're excited to move a little bummed to leave the neighborhood i live in i think it is one of the better neighborhoods i'm selling a little bit of my soul to move to a nicer neighborhood but you know that it's extra fun. bedroom you know who's the most excited about this extra bedroom um, Pat the fisherman. Nala. Pat the fisherman. Nala. Nala's pretty excited. She's gonna have her own bed. She won't be having to slum it on the couch anymore. But Pat the fisherman is already lining up like a three-month hiatus out to San Francisco. So that should be interesting. Three months. I mean, he's getting all fired up for the wedding. He's trying to. He'll probably. He'll. I will predict he'll spend six weeks in and around San Francisco next next year. If I was a betting man. Man. That is unfathomable. With all these crises that we discussed, I don't know how we make it, Seamus, but we'll see. We'll push through. One of the things that I think we don't need these days anymore is fucking text messaging. It's gotten out of hand. It's gotten out of hand. People aren't communicating information anymore. You just talk past each other. I want to bring back telegrams, Seamus. Like I telegrams? Want, yeah. I want you to have to pay money and really be concise with your words like all that i want to hear now is i'm coming to town weekend of three eight stop will you be around stop god save the queen stop and that's why it we, why don't we just bring typewriters back no nah, that's that's not more efficient like i want like an internet based telegraph telegram, tele, telegram. You could do that and like have a specific code where you only accept telegrams to your phone number. Yeah, yeah, like it's it's like a new app. We shut off all the iMessage and all this horse shit. I don't need to get a notification when you ha ha something, Seamus. I'm done with it. Yeah, that's true. You don't need to. Know you, my like ha-ha's. when you contribute absolutely nothing to a group text. You even you did it to me this morning. You said, "Are you up?" I said, "Yes." Then you thumbs up the yes, and then you typed out a response anyway. Well, so you I get think, two notifications. You think, yeah, good. I'm glad you got two fucking notifications, up. you asshole. Because how many times have you slept through a fucking recording? And I'm fucking trying to pick your schlep ass up. Huh? How many recordings have I missed, Seamus? How many have you been late for, or I've had to track you down? Handful. Handful of two, Maybe two handfuls. I uh, No, definitely not two handfuls. Okay. A, a very full hand. So... I, I think I have the right to thumbs up that you're awake. Well, I, I think, okay, if you're going to throw shade at me about this show, <laughs> how about the squirrel-like memory that you have of the engineering that I do on this show? Like, <laughs> you forgot, okay, when we talked about doing this remote concept, you forgot that I've already done it. <laughs> like, yeah. I was describing to you the process again, and I'm like, no, Seamus, like, we already did this, like... Six Look, months ago, and I'm a, it I'm a sales guy. I'm like a baseball pitcher closer. I forget what happened yesterday. Just move on. 
You got to attack every day with the same confidence. Okay, I think we're spiraling downhill, and it's probably about time to get into the report card. What do you think? Before we get to the report card, there is a, a note written next to me about an apology that would that uh, somebody okay. has owed. There's you know been in-person apologies that I thought were very heartfelt, but I'll give you one on the show from the bottom of my carefully prepared radio voice. <laughs> Malpal. I'm sorry for what I said. It was wrong. It was ignorant. Uh, I got carried away. You know, sometimes you're you're running hot. Icarus, right? Too close to the sun. If you know that, great. If you don't know that reference, maybe Google it. But I apologize, and I hope that we can move forward on this, and uh, I hope that my services as bartender at your wedding can in some way make up for something that I said once drunk on a show. Very, very good. Very good. Very well appreciated. And with that, I'm ready to throw a scale at you. Are you ready? Yeah. Do you know what you want the scale to be? Uh, yeah. The scale is uh, going to be how would you rate your hog as a euphemism for the rest of you on a scale of snakes from garden snake to king cobra. Hold on. Hog, you mean like member of your meat and veg how would i rate my hog and on the level of snakes yeah this is in in the spirit of the code name cobra given to our future president. oh got it hopefully future president I like that call sure um okay i got you do you have no. one for me or i'm rating yours or are you rating yeah. your own i'm, I'm gonna yours. give you a i'm gonna give you a boa constrictor all right mm. that's because so the boa constrictor doesn't bite right it moves slowly toward you. Sometimes you're looking at it and you're like, is anything, is any action going to happen with this? Is this really scary? Is this a threat to me at all? It just kind of creeps and crawls up toward you. And then it gets around you and before you know it, you've been in this relationship for seven fucking years and you don't know how to get out. It's just squeezing the life out of you. You know, you, you would have liked that. Someone, someone this weekend, one of my friends said, you know what it's like talking to you? It's like voluntarily putting a cheese grater on your face over and over and over again. <laughs> they said that uh, about you? They said it about me, yeah. I thought it was I, pretty good. I think that that's probably too far. I think that <laughs> while they were pleased with themselves for, for coming up with that analogy, I, uh, I don't think it's appropriate to say that to another person. But um, So I, I really love the snake bit here. Um, <laughs> due to my lack of knowledge of snakes uh i'm gonna call you the gartner snake you know much about the gartner snake i know about uh uh yeah i've heard of it for a second there i thought you might convert it into the gardener snake well it is the state reptile of massachusetts and there there's where my mind was going there has been rumors that uh your little uh your little reptile garter snake there has been slipping into uh someone from the state of Massachusetts, but we won't mention any <laughs> names. Um, you know, it's kind of like, you know, what you are is like, people are like, well, he's kind of tough. He's kind of prickly. But like, first, when you see a snake, you're always concerned. Like, that's a snake. Shit. What's the snake going to do? And then you're like, oh, that's just a gardener snake. That's, that's no threat. You kidding me? It's not that big. It's kind of, you know, very humble. You know, when you dig deeper, after you get past that initial layer, you just realize that's you know it's cuddly, not that big, nice, and uh, you can warm up to it. I think that's what you are. You're a gardener snake. You did a great job of turning that one around. 
Uh, I'm impressed. It's been a solid show. Uh, As always, thank you guys, and we embrace all and any feedback. Till next time. Thanks, everyone, for coming out.